Good day, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And today, I hope your life is joyous. As we begin what they call Black History Month, the month that we are allowed to celebrate us. And oh, they put programs on TV, they give speeches, and they talk about famous Black people, but it all ends on the 28th of this month. What they don't seem to grasp is that there is no American history without Black history. It seems that they have forgotten or never knew that this country was built on the backs of black people. It is society's way of keeping this weak 21st century division between us. And come February, it is their time to throw us a few crumbs of knowledgement. But as long as there are underground teachers like myself, our history will be out there every day. We don't need the crumbs. We don't work for the public school system. We just want our children to know the truth. So let's slip into darkness and learn some black history truth. Back in 1961, we had a group of people known as the Freedom Riders, and they were white and African-American civil rights activists who participated in Freedom Ride bus trips through the American South to protest against segregated bus terminals. They tried to use whites-only restrooms and lunch counters at bus stations in Alabama, South Carolina, and other southern states. And you can imagine what happened. They were confronted by arresting police officers, as well as crazy violence from white protesters along the route. The 1961 Freedom Riders, organized by the Congress of Racial Equality, Corps were modeled after the organization's 1947 journey of reconciliation. In the 1947 action, African Americans and white bus riders tested the 1946 U.S. Supreme Court decision in Morgan v. Virginia that found segregated bus seating was unconstitutional. So the 1961 Freedom Riders sought to test the 1960 decision by the Supreme Court in Boynton v. Virginia that segregation of interstate transportation facilities, including bus terminals, was unconstitutional as well. The big difference between the 1947 journey of reconciliation 
and the 1961 Freedom Riders was the inclusion of women in the later initiative. In both actions, black riders traveled to the Jim Crow South, where segregation was very much alive, and attempted to use whites-only restrooms, lunch counters, and waiting rooms. The original group of 13 Freedom Riders, seven African Americans and six whites, left Washington, D.C. on a Greyhound bus on May the 4th, 1961. Their plan was to reach New Orleans, Louisiana on May 17th to commemorate the seventh anniversary of the Supreme Court's Brown versus Board of Education decision, which ruled that segregation of the nation's public schools was unconstitutional. The group went through Virginia and North Carolina with very little public notice. The first violent incident happened on May the 12th in Rock Hill, South Carolina. John Lewis, an American seminary student and member of the SNCC Student Nonviolent Coordinated Committee, white freedom writer and World War II veteran Albert Bigelow and another black writer were viciously attacked as they attempted to enter a whites-only waiting area. And I bet you did not even know John Lewis was one of the original group of 13 Freedom Riders. And he was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in November 1986. Lewis, a Democrat, continued to represent Georgia's 5th Congressional District, which includes Atlanta, until his death in 2020. On May the 14th, 1961, the Greyhound bus was the first to arrive in Anniston, Alabama. There, a mob of about 200 white people surrounded the bus, causing the driver to continue past the bus station. The mob followed the bus in automobiles, and when the tires on the bus blew out, someone threw a bomb into the bus. The Freedom Riders escaped the bus as it burst into flames, only to be brutally beaten by members of the surrounding mob. The second bus, a trailways vehicle, traveled to Birmingham, Alabama, and those riders were also beaten by an angry white mob, many of whom brandished metal pipes. Birmingham's Public Safety Commissioner, Bull Connor, stated that although he knew the Freedom Riders were arriving and violence awaited them, he posted no police protection at the station because it was Mother's Day. Protesters of the burning Greyhound bus and the bloodied riders appeared on the front pages of newspapers throughout the country and around the world the next day drawing international attention to the Freedom Riders' cause 
and the state of race relations in the United States. You see, segregationists or their sympathizers do not like public attention. They don't want the world to know that they are segregationists. They hate the word racist, and they'll continue to deny it as they talk to their friends about how disgusted they are because a black family moved into their neighborhood. But anyway, following the widespread violence, Corps officials could not find a bus driver who would agree to transport the integrated group, and they decided to abandon the Freedom Riders. However, Diane Nash, an activist from the SNCC, organized a group of 10 students from Nashville, Tennessee, to continue the rides. U.S. Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, brother of President John F. Kennedy, began negotiating with Governor John Patterson of Alabama and the bus companies to secure a driver and state protection for the new group of Freedom Riders. The rides finally resumed on a Greyhound bus departing Birmingham under police escort on May the 20th. The violence, though, was not over for the Freedom Riders. The police abandoned the Greyhound bus just before it arrived at the Montgomery, Alabama terminal, where a white mob attacked the riders with baseball bats and clubs as they disembarked. And in turn, Attorney General Kennedy sent 600 federal marshals to the city to stop the violence. The following night, civil rights leader Martin Luther King led a service at the First Baptist Church in Montgomery, which was attended by more than 1,000 supporters of the Freedom Riders. And of course, a riot ensued outside the church, and King called Robert Kennedy to ask for protection. Kennedy summoned the federal marshals who used tear gas to disperse the white mob. Patterson declared martial law in the city and dispatched the National Guard to restore order. Now, check this out. This is something that you really never heard of about the Freedom Riders. On May the 24th, 1961, a group of Freedom Riders departed Montgomery for Jackson, Mississippi. There, several hundred supporters greeted the riders. However, those who attempted to use whites-only facilities were arrested for trespassing and taken to the maximum security penitentiary in Parchment, Mississippi. Now, that's really one of them damn moments. U.S. Attorney General Kennedy issued a statement urging a cooling-off period in the face of the growing violence. In this confused situation, there is increasingly possibility that innocent persons may be injured. A mob asks no questions. A cooling off period is needed. It would be wise for those traveling through these states to delay their trips until the present state of confusion and danger has passed 
and an atmosphere of reason and normalcy has been restored. During the Mississippi hearings, the judge turned and looked at the wall rather than to listen to the Freedom Riders' defense. As had been the case when sit-in participants were arrested for protesting segregated lunch counters in Tennessee, he sentenced the riders to 30 days in jail. Attorneys for the NAACP, a civil rights organization, appealed the convictions all the way to the Supreme Court, which reversed them. The violence and arrests continued to garner national and international attention and drew hundreds of new freedom riders to the cause. The rides continued over the next several months and in the fall of 1961, under pressure from the Kennedy administration, the Interstate Commerce Commission issued regulations prohibiting segregation in interstate transit terminals. There you go, my friends. The Black Freedom Riders of the 1960s. One more moment in Black History moments. And there are moments when troubles enter your lives and we can do nothing to avoid them. But they are there for a reason. And only when we have overcome them will we understand why they were there. Until next time, my friends, it has been my honor.